This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good morning. I am joined this morning by Master Gardener Teresa Rooney. Good here morning. on our Smart Garden Show. Good morning, Teresa. Nice to have you back at it. Good morning, Denny. Great to be here. And uh, here we go with, uh, uh, well, actually, this is the first time I can look at, ahead in the next four or five or six days and not see any uh, precipitation predicted. So I Isn't guess. Isn't that nice for a minute? <laughs> yeah, because we do have some great cover. We're, we're not done yet. I mean, this is, uh, we're getting close to the end of January, of course. And, uh, we still we have, have February, March, and April uh, at yes. least to go through. And maybe even June. Uh, this and maybe year. June. Who knows? Yeah. Probably not July, but you never know. It's Minnesota. Well, if you're a, a regular listener to the show, you know uh, Master Gardener Teresa Rooney answers a lot of questions, and today will be no exception. So if you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, by all means, you can phone it in if you uh, would like to uh, chat with Teresa, or if it's easier for you to send a text question, that's great, too. 651-461-9226 will get you uh, either a phone call or a text for Teresa. 651-461-9226. I had to, this came in a few minutes ago, and again, regular listeners to the show will uh, will will know kind of what I why I'm bringing this up. Uh, here it is. It says a note to the WCC Alana Garden Show. The Star Tribune in Friday's variety section mentioned that the band Creeping Charlie is one, <laughs> is one of the best new bands of last year. Oh, no. Oh, and no. the question was, tongue-in-cheek listener says, when did the Lana Garden Show branch out into music? Well, of course, we know Julie Weisenhorn as a musician yes. with mm-hmm. the Abiders. But uh, that's funny. I had not heard about that. And I again, re- regular listeners will know that at least once a show, 52 weeks a year, we will generally get a usually get a question about Creeping Charlie. In so fact, I'm always sad when we don't. Yeah. So there's your Creeping Charlie comment of, <laughs> of the day. Uh, in the meantime, now, what are, what, uh, what are folks doing? I always ask you this, you and your colleagues, uh, this time of year, what in the heck do you do during these winter doldrums as far as gardening? I know it's hard, isn't it? What, what would a gardener yes. do in the middle of winter, the average person would be wondering? Well, we're just busier and busier than you can imagine. So a lot of gardeners are getting their seeds ready, their seed orders. Uh, before that, they did some planning. So there's still time to do some planning. What am I going to plant this year? Uh, what vegetables might I want to grow and get seeds starting going? It's way too early to start seeds yet. 
uh, for 99.9% of them. But you need to get those seeds ordered. Uh, then they're also sitting there looking out their windows and on those nice days, maybe they want to go out and do some photography in their yard because just if you have any idea about the shadows on the snow and the, the plants holding the snow and the snow in the branches, it's so beautiful. But besides that, what it, tell, what it can show you in your garden is the bones of your garden. So you can look out there and say, whoa, that area needs something. It needs some height. It needs some something solid to hold the area down. So then you can start thinking, what kind of uh, more non-gardening things you might want to put there, whether they're tr- while well, they're gardening, but like a trellis or a fountain or or a statue piece or something. And then a lot of gardeners too are thinking, oh my gosh, look at all that snow on my plants. They're all bent down. What should I be doing? Should I be worrying about this, or is this something I shouldn't be worrying about? Um, then they're also thinking, hmm, I need to start thinking about pruning my apple trees and all my fruit trees and my oaks and my elms. And can I do that myself? Or should I look at that and say, does a professional have to do that? And in my opinion, if you have to get on a ladder, you may want to think about a professional. If you have to get on a ladder with a chainsaw, definitely think about a professional. And if what you're cutting down could fall on a house, a car, a person, a professional is needed. So you may want to start booking some of those um, professional uh, tree care people to come in and look and, and prune those trees that, that should not be pruned in the middle of summer. Cause now you, and now you can also go out there and see, what does my lilac look like? Should I do some judicious pruning on that? Now, any pruning you do on the, the uh, plants that bloom in the spring will cut off the flowers. But y- you may want to just, you can clear up some dead stuff now. You also can do that in February. There's no, no problem. There's no rush. But it's things, so gardeners are busy, busy, busy people. Yeah, and I, I think, too, that uh, we talk about the arboretum trees, uh, you know, year-round. And, of course, you know, spring, summer, fall, we can maybe get some ideas of, say, would that tree look good or that shrub mm-hmm. or that whatever, this or that. Is there, can you still get a good idea, maybe some what winter looks like? This is this plants. is a wonderful time to visit the Arboretum. Now, Three Mile Drive is close to traffic right now, and it's very much close to walkers. You have to be really careful if you go there, but I think it's close to walkers. But they do have the snowshoe trails and the cross-country trees cross-country ski trails open easy for me to say before coffee and uh, yes but if you can get out there you can see what is that oak going to really look like in 50 years if i planted in my front yard can my front yard handle that oak tree what does that pine tree look like when it's growing and how big does it really get or what does that yew shrub look like when it's growing and how does it look against the snow and how does it hold up against the snow Maybe go over to the hydrangeas. What are those hydrangeas looking like? They don't do a lot of pruning on them. So how are they looking with all the snow and ice that we've had? Uh, Could you handle that look in your yard? How big is that plant going to get? You can really get a really good idea. And then you can go through the perennial beds, too, and say, oh, look, that, you know, that uh, sedum really stands up. And that thing, I don't know what that's supposed to be, but that plant is not standing up at all. So let me find out what that plant is and make sure I don't consider that a winter. Yeah, and, and you brought up a good point about just dimensions before. Yeah, let's put that tree over here. Right. And, uh, yeah, because you may be fooled. Uh, <laughs> and all a of a sudden years. you have a 500-foot yeah. elm oak tree in, in your no, front yard. No, that's a very, very valid. 
And uh, yeah, because you may be fooled. Uh, <laughs> and all a of a sudden, years. you have a 500 yeah. foot elm oak tree in, in your no, front yard. No, that's a very, very valid point. Yeah. So get to the arboretum. We'll talk about that a little bit mm-hmm. later. In the meantime, any kind of Alana Garden question, we welcome yours by phone or text six five one four six one nine two two six. Uh, here, I know we're going to be getting more questions about dormant seating, although how, how you get through a few <laughs> feet of snow, I'm not sure. This says, good morning. Late last fall, I put down some dormant grass seed. I was wondering if it's okay to put more down once the snow melts and the ground warms up, or would that be overkill? Should I just wait until summer or put more down then? That comes from Jill. You know, once the uh, snow melts and the ground is free, and you can see what's out there. If you want to put down a little more on top, that's okay, especially if you know that where you had placed your original dormant seating uh, was on a slope, or we got such a sudden rush that maybe the melting snow water carried the the, the, uh, seeds away. So then you can overseed. You don't want to overseed so thickly that you choke it out because you want the plants to be able to grow. Uh, But, yeah, you can think about dormant seeding and if the snow goes by but the ground's still, you know, frozen or it's starting to thaw out. That's okay. Uh, Don't dormant seed on top of the snow, though. You need to seed the ground. It has to have ground-to-soil contact with those seeds. Good point. Teresa, hang on, please. We're going to take a quick break and be right back. We have callers and we have texters to help out this morning. Any kind of a lawn or garden question, call it in or text it in, 651-461-9226. Right now in the Twin Cities, 19 degrees, heading for near 28 for your Sunday tomorrow. Looks like near 24. Again, 19 on News Talk 830 WCCO. Good Saturday morning to you. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour. This morning, Master Gardener Teresa Rooney answering your lawn and garden questions either by phone or by text as usual, 651-461-9226. And Teresa, as usual, we have callers and we have texters. So let's get Excellent. to it. Let's see who's first. Adeline calling in from Chanhassen uh, this morning. Thanks for hanging on, Adeline. What is your question for Teresa? My question is, uh, are the Japanese cherry trees like they have in Washington, D.C., hardy in this area? That's a good question, Adeline, and unfortunately, no, they're not. They're they're a few zones warmer than we are. We do have uh, cherry trees that we can grow here. There are sour cherry trees. They usually have white blossoms, and they are absolutely gorgeous. And the sour is not so sour that you can't eat them, but they make great jams and pies and juices. Mm. But mm-hmm. uh, like in the D.C., forget it. It's not going to happen. Yeah, you're not going to see them like D.C. Yeah. or Japan. It's just a little too. Think of D.C., that's about maybe the farthest they could go north. So it's a little bit warmer. All right, good question, though. All right, let's see who yeah, else is, is on question. the line. Mark is with us uh, calling in from Shoreview this morning. Mark, you're on CCO with Teresa. Uh, good morning. Uh, question about renewal pruning. We have uh, on the northeast side of our house, we have some very overgrown shrubs. Uh, we have five, uh, five of them, two of them red dogwoods, and three lilacs. They're about nine feet tall, and they're touching against the house, and they're very close to each other. So the centers of the stems are only about two to four feet apart from each other. So aside from 
you know, removing the stems that are closest to the house to provide some clearance there, what what would you recommend we do? Should we take out one or two of those? Mark, that's a really good question. Um, those dogwoods, now renewal pruning means that you, you aren't like removing the shrub. So you're leaving some if you want to. And they can, if you're okay with how they look after being pruned and you're willing to keep up a pruning schedule, that will work just fine. You can leave them together. Those redwood dogwoods can be cut all the way to the ground if you want. And that will give you a bunch of new growth that will turn a beautiful red in the, in the autumn season through the winter. So that could be an option. Your lilacs, if they're getting too big, you can do a renewal pruning where you do want to pull it back from your house because obviously you don't want things touching your house. So that would be those strategic prunings. But then you also can go to the base of the plant, and you can do this at this time of year, where you uh, where you take out the one-third of the biggest ones that you find. So you count the stems in the plant, take out about a third of them, the largest ones, right down to the ground. The rest are still going to be there in the spring. They'll bloom for you. And then in two or three years, those where you cut the stems, there'll be new growth coming up. It'll be a lot shorter. And in two or three years, that will start blooming for you if it normally gets enough sun. And then you can do that for three years in a row and you can bring the height of those plants way down. Or some people like to make like a lilac tree where you just prune around the outside and you limit it to three or four big trunks and you just let those big trunks grow and they get more of a tree, a multi-tree form, and then you'll have flowers way at the top and you won't really be able to access those flowers. But you can keep that tree form up and then have shorter dogwoods underneath so you kind of stagger the height of your plants. You have the option and you can do one lilac one way and one lilac another way if you want to. So then you could have three different uh, growth patterns that you're looking for in your in your hedge or along your home. Good luck with that, Mark. Yeah, thanks for the call. Uh, if you, uh, again, want to call in your lawn or garden question, by all means, or send a text 651-461-9226. This next text, I can't help but hear uh, Elmer Fudd because the... Uh, Waskway wabbits. Yeah, it says, <laughs> those wabbits... Those crazy rabbits. Uh, I've done just about everything, Texture says, to deter rabbits from eating my shrubs. They have now attacked the bark on our burning bush. Will this shrub survive, and what should we do to deter them? Chicken wire is your friend. Really, you have to just fence off an area, and then uh, if when we get the heavy snows like we had recently, where the snow level gets up where they can go on top of the snow and hop into the wire you need to walk around that shrub near that near that wire and make like a path so it's back down again to lower level so the rabbits have to jump into a trench and then they can't jump over the fence uh, fra- uh repellents just don't work that well now whether or not your your burning bush will survive it depends if it's girdled all the way around if it's eaten all the way around, um, down into the cambium, the uh, living layer of the, the each little stem. If each stem is girdled and the bunny eats all the way around, there's no way for the nutrition to get from the leaves to the roots and vice versa. So that stem can die. However, uh, the uh, the burning bushes can re-sprout from the base. They're a little slow, but they can re-sprout from the base. So... You've just got to just have to learn to embrace fencing, put it in in early, 
uh, or mid um, fall and then leave it up until there's other green and growing things. And if you have a lawn and you're okay with it, overseed with clover. And in the summer, the bunnies will eat the clover and they'll, they'll leave your lawn, they'll leave your shrubs alone a little longer or a little they like, sooner. They like the clover. They love the clover. That's their favorite. I remember that very thing. We had uh, some uh, fencing finally put in because after the deer had destroyed mm-hmm. uh, three uh, beautiful pine trees and, yeah. uh, and the rabbits, I, I, then we had the fa- fence put yeah. up, you, and you that really worked. To. But then Sandy yeah. would say, oh, I see the rabbit. Mm-hmm. And I ended up uh, closing off uh, looking at all the entryways, either underneath a fence and at the gates, making sure there was no entry points, and so far successful. But if you're yep. willing to go that route, uh, it'll work. But you've got yep. to have the barrier like you said. And remember, when we get into the gardening season, put your fence up first yeah. and then garden. Because once the rabbits know there's food behind that fence, <laughs> they can dig under those little chicken wire things, and then you have to invest in a stronger protection. So it's easier just to have the chicken wire up and growing. And fence off those lilies in the fall because the bunnies will eat them in the spring or the hostas before you before you know they're there. Those crazy wabbits. Those Wascoway wabbits. All right. We need to take a break for weather and let's see what's coming up. I did not see any precipitation this whole week uh, at all. But let's get some details here, not only for the rest of this weekend, but this coming week as well. Then we have about another half hour of the Smart Garden Show. If you did not get your question answered uh, this half hour, uh, come on back the next. 651-461-9226. 19 degrees. The weather straight ahead here on Newstalk 830. WCCO. Good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour. Welcoming your lawn and garden questions this morning for ter- uh, Master Gardener Teresa Rooney is uh, with us uh, today. 651 461 9226. That'll work for either a phone call or your text question for Teresa. Tell you what, let's grab a uh, phone call, Teresa, and then uh, let's uh, talk a little bit about the uh, U of M website and the Arboretum. But in the meantime, Roseanne is calling in from, I believe, Princeton uh, this morning. Roseanne, thanks for hanging on. What is your question for Teresa? Yes, I had um, a citronella plant, very healthy, that I brought in. Never had brought one in to nurse over the winter. It is healthy. It is growing like a weed. Um, I have trimmed it back, and I wonder how I can replant it then to use when spring comes. Oh, Roseanne, that's a great question. Um, and good luck. Good, um, I'm glad that you have that wonderful experience with the citronella plant. Uh, if you can divide the roots, if you need to divide the roots, you could do that before you transplant it out. You may want to cut it in half uh, or in a third. Otherwise, you can just repot it in its fresh new pot if it's actively growing. Uh, Give it a new, you can upgrade it into a bigger pot if you want, or you can divide it and put it in two pots and grow those on so that they're even bigger when you plant them outside. I hope that answers your question. And and I just had one other um, thing I wanted to say. When you're running into problems, everybody... In your garden this time of year, you're seeing rabbit damage or deer damage or um, you know that the snowplows are, are hitting the evergreens or whatever with the with the salt and everything else. Um, 
there, there might not be much you can do right now, but what you can do is either take your calendar that you hang on the wall and go to October 1st or take your little electronic device, go to your calendar October 1st and say, install rabbit fencing with the, uh, for the burning bush or prune the dogwoods, uh, you know, in, in, uh, or not, not pruning the dogwoods, um, you know, protect plants from rabbit damage, protect plants from the snowplow damage, the icing damage, because life is going to happen and you're going to forget some of these problems that you ran into in the, in the late, uh, late winter and early spring. Just put them on your calendar to remind you in October so you don't have to worry about it. You, You know, you've got that covered. October will come up all of a sudden it'll say, Put rabbit fencing or put chicken wire around the burning bush. You'll remember what happened last year, and you can address the problem before there's an issue. Good point. And I was thinking about you, uh, Teresa, and your colleagues, Mary and Julie and the rest of the gang there at the U of M, uh, put together, and they so much work into. uh, But we're a very nice gang. You are. Oh, no, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and you know your stuff. Uh, and, and, but, but for folks that have not tried it, checked it out, especially this time of year where maybe you want to sit back and do a little reading about uh, maybe what you can do this spring or summer, get on the university website. Uh, mm-hmm. Teresa, tell us what that is and you know, some of the things you can find there. Sure. That's extension.umn for University of Minnesota dot edu. And then hit the yard and garden line. Or yep, yard and garden line, and you can get on there. There's so much to look at. You can just like right now. I have the house plants up because I'm looking at a beautiful Christmas cactus in bloom. It just looks gorgeous. Uh, but you can then go into all the house plants and the problems that you might have, or you can look at trees and shrubs, and there's all information on selection. Or you can go to the lawn care calendar in case you're a person who loves their lawn so much. And it'll give you all kinds of information about lawn care, how to take care of things if you have diseases, when to water, if you need to fertilize, if you need to weed, uh, if you need a calendar about what time of year to do things, when to put down your dormant seating. It's all there on your on your calendars. Vegetables, uh, you can when to start vegetables, how to grow seeds, uh, what's going on in the world of plants. Just pretty much anything you can think of, you will find. Uh, it's just amazing. Learn about different flowers, native plants, trees and shrubs, fruit, how to grow fruits, how to solve problems, how to find plants. Uh, landscapes. And if you have to ask a master gardener because you can't find us anywhere, there's an ask a master gardener part. And and then there's even parts where you can go and find classes from the university or uh, events that a master gardener might be having. There's a bunch of pruning classes going on around the state now uh, for pruning apple trees. So there's what, what master gardener events are going on. It's just amazing. How to become a master gardener. How to find plants. What's going on? It's it's amazing, and you can really just um, enjoy it and jump down any rabbit hole you want to look at. Yeah. Or if you just want to look at pretty flowers, that's okay too. Speaking of rabbits, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, yeah, because <laughs> sometimes sometimes you need to just look at pretty green flowers. Um, well, again, it's uh, it's extension dot Extension dot And and if you if you can't remember that. Just remember, we're the university. Uh, we're with the University of Minnesota, yeah. so you can just say raspberries U M N, 
and it will bring you to pages about raspberries that have been put out by the University of Minnesota. And if you want to, then eventually you can get to the Yarn Garden line. But if you just can't remember that whole thing, extension.umn.edu, just raspberries, UMN, your, your, to worry your raspberry questions. Lilacs, UMN, it'll get you there. In the meantime, if you have a lawn and garden question, 651-461-9226. Here's a text. It says, my mother's spider plants are losing their vigor. Should I repot them? I I would look at that. Yep. Uh, first of all, make sure that their uh, their roots are, are um, that they're getting enough water and not too much water, that there's drainage. But now is a good time if the plant looks a little... You know, pull it out of its pots. What are the roots doing? Uh, maybe it's root-bound. Maybe it needs to be um, in a bigger pot. Maybe it needs to be divided. Uh, go ahead and do that kind of thing. You can start doing that now with your plants. And then just pot, put them up in potting soil in a new pot. It can be the same size pot or an old, or a different size pot. You can also do some root pruning on some of those plants. Um, and then you can put it back in the same pot again. If you repot a plant, give it about a month to one, a month and a half before you start fertilizing it again. But but do keep it nice and moist as it should be. If you're repotting cacti, of course, you won't keep it moist. You'll put it in cactus uh, potting soil or potting sand, and it'll be dry like normal. It'll be the okay. way it's supposed to be. But, yep, that's how you take care of your spider plants. Excellent. Uh, let's see. Oh, you mentioned clover in the early part, earlier part of the show. This texter says, I'm fascinated with planting clover. I have a small area on the side of my house. How should I prepare that spot? You know, if you just, if you have a, a blank area, uh, you can just rough up the soil a little bit. If you want to put down a little fertilizer, you can do that. Spring is the best time. Then you just uh, seed the clover in. Uh, you just toss the seed out. Unless you have a little seed spreader, you can use the little... Uh, where you kind of do a little, uh, like a little rolling thing where it, where it has the seeds in it, a little spreader, sprayer. Uh, then just uh, t- tamp down the seeds so that they have really good seed-to-soil contact. If it's wide open where the birds and everything else can see the seed, you may want to put a floating row cover or something like a, a, a remay, something like that, that white stuff, until the seeds sprout. Keep those seeds moist. And then they should uh, sprout within a reasonable time. I can't remember what the sprouting dates are for clover. I should have looked that up. Uh, and then as soon as they start sprouting, pull off that little row, co- that little floating row cover, and you can just—it'll just be wonderful. And just keep it, keep watching it. Uh, maybe give it a little extra water occasionally if we go droughty. But um, yeah, so spring is the best time to to overseed with clover or to seed with clover. Teresa, the, this texture says uh, they have a 4-foot by 15-foot long strip garden right behind the house. They've been using it for many, many years, just a vegetable garden, just enough for dinners and so forth. Uh, they want to know, what can I put in there to enhance the soil since it's been used so many times? Compost and compost and then compost. Uh, add some compost if you can. If you want to, you can get a soil test with the university. So you can go online again to the extension site, or you can just do Google soil test, UMN, and it'll talk you through how to do it. Get a soil test, and it will tell you if you need to add something specific. 
Um, but if your plants are growing fairly well and you're not having problems, just some some fertilizers, some compost, some manures, some well-rotted manures. Uh, I'd probably purchase it from the store if you possibly can. Uh, get some of that and add that in, and that will really help. You can mix that in a little bit. And another tip, when you put your garden to bed in the fall, make sure it's not bare soil that's going to bed. That you give it a little blanket of leaves just before the um, the ground is uh, fully frozen and we get that first snowfall. that will Those leaves will mix into the soil too and the little microbes and worms will work on it all winter long and add that more fertilizer into the soil for you, more compost. So compost is the answer to everything and a soil test always helps too. Very good. Good idea. Hang on, Teresa. We'll take a quick break here and be right back for the remaining minutes of our Smart Garden Show. Uh, by the way, coming along in the next hour, Andy Lindis will be answering your home improvement questions. Any kind of question related to home improvement, you might be seeing ice dams. I know we're going to get calls and texts about that as well, uh, or insulation, things like that. So any kind of a home improvement question, that will be coming along next hour. Here on News Talk 830, this is WCCO. Here on CCO every Saturday at the 8 o'clock hour, welcoming your lawn and garden questions either by phone or by text, 651-461-9226. If you're just joining us, Master Gardener Teresa Rooney answering those very questions this morning. Teresa, I see we've got a bunch of text messages. Let's see how many we can uh, field here before you take your leave. Okay. Uh, this one says, my snow removal service has been accidentally ripping up some lawn as they struggle to create space to move snow off my driveway. Should I try some dormant grass seeding to those bare areas they've exposed? I have plenty of snow to cover it then. What do you think? Can you do that in the wintertime? I would probably wait till we're closer to spring for that okay. because they're just going to rip it up. Yeah. Because uh, it's what they have to do. Uh, it, so the damage is, unless you know the damage is done now, that they will not do that again. Then as soon as you see the, the, the bare ground, you can do that. Uh, just be careful. But, you, you know, if you're using icing salt, I probably wouldn't do it. Okay. And well, salt. like you say, too, you need that ground uh, contact. You have to be seed with, to soil uh, contact. Yeah. You have to be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And the birds will be really happy if you put down a lot of seed. <laughs> That's right. So don't do it. Uh, let's see. Uh, this text, we were talking about rabbits, uh, kind of a preventative uh, thing. This uh, texture says human hair is a great preventative for rabbits. Just take the hair right out of your hairbrush, put it in around your shrubs, and they will leave your shrubs alone. Have you heard of that? That can work. People also use dog hair. And I was just going to suggest that. I would try that. cat hair might work, too. Uh, the hair will mat down and eventually release some nitrogen into the soil, but don't consider it a fertilizer or anything. But you can try it. However, remember, rabbits and, and wild animals are used to people. People stink. They're used to people stink, so they, it may it may work for a little while, but eventually the the fragrance will go down. Oh, so you you you'd have to reapply it again, or just be aware that it may be a temporary fix. But maybe that's all you need is a temporary fix. That's a thought. Uh, texter says this second year and my amaryllis just won't produce flowers, just green leaves. Any suggestions? Yes, go to the Extension website, extension.umn.edu. January 19th, they have in the uh, uh, the news area, way down at the bottom of the page, Ask Extension Amaryllis Care. 
So um, it probably needs some more light during the summertime. It needs some more fertilizer. Uh, make sure it's not planted too deep. But I would definitely check out that little article also that will help you with some amaryllis care. Here's an interesting question. I'm not sure we can have an answer. Maybe you do. What kind of shrubs attract English house sparrows? You know, they would be attracted by shrubs that are kind of dense so that they can hide in it. And they can use that as a stopping point to check and see if there's any any predators around, any hawks around, or if they do see a hawk, um, a shrub to fly to. Uh, so probably not something like a wagilia because those are usually kind of open, but maybe something like some of your potentillas and, and your and your dogwoods and shrubs that are shrubby and in the maybe the two to five foot range would probably be a really good idea. Some of the um, viburnums that get a little taller uh, will work also because they can hide in there. They might even nest in them. I'm not sure what little birds are in the, our uh, pretty dense ewes. Kind oh, of they're a, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And and you know, those evergreen trees and shrubs, they hold a little heat. So that's why they're often just like, I call them like singing trees all winter long because they're just filled with little birds, um, all the evergreens, because the birds can, it's nice and dense and they can get some warmth in there. They can hide from predators and uh, they have a good view of what's going on. It gives them a little protection against the wind and and what's going on with the temperatures too. Yeah. yeah, pretty neat. Uh, this listener, Teresa, says, I've heard you speak, or us, uh, of a turtle head plant on your program. Where do you purchase them, and what is the scientific name for it? I can't find it in catalogs. Oh, I love turtle head. Okay, so it's called, I'm going to, I may or may not say this right, but Latin, you just say it how you want to say it. It's Chelone, or Chelone, C-H-E-L-O-N-E. We do have a native Chelone. It's a little white one, and then there is in the in the uh, industry uh, the large pink one. I think it might be called Hot Lips, and then there's a smaller one too, which I don't know what that one's called. It's a shorter one uh, that's pink. But yep, yeah, Chalone, uh, the turtle head or Chalone, blooms very late in the summer into the fall, and uh, usually can even be covered with snow sometimes, and it's still blooming. And it stands up great in the winter time, so it makes a big. It can be a big shrub-like look, but it will die to the ground so then you just cut it back okay Uh, my spider plant this listener says never grew babies i've had it for over a year why might that be it's still too young Mm. um it it's maybe in a big pot so it's not as root bound so there's no reason to start propagating it uh but it will eventually grow and just keep it watered and giving it that filtered um bright light and it'll be so happy okay We've got a couple of minutes remaining in the show, Teresa. Here's another one. It said, I started new violets by a leaf in soil. How large should the baby plants be to pot them, and how do I do that? Um, You would carefully, and again, you can go to the Extension website, extension.umn.edu. Excellent articles on the African violets. Uh, As soon as you start seeing a few leaves on those little baby plants, just um, carefully have your new pot all ready for them. Uh, make a little hole in the in the new pot soil in the soil. Make a little hole or take out the baby very carefully. Uh, just move the whole thing. If you just got one, just have one baby on the leaf, just take out the whole leaf and baby gently and just pot it um, gently into the new pot. They have very shallow roots. 
uh, and you don't need a big pot for it. So you're talking about a very small pot. You don't need a big pot because they kind of like to be a little snug in their pots. 60 seconds to go, Teresa. Let's do one more quick one. I took my amaryllis out of the dark room, watered it, and have it sitting in a sunny location. Should I fertilize it? I'd wait till you start to see some growth on it. As soon as you start to see some growth, go ahead and, and start fertilizing it. All right. And by all means, next chance you get, head to the Arboretum. But you got to okay. do it online, right? You, you, have to, you have to get a ticket online. You have to get a reservation online. Go out there. Go to the Bee Center. Take some classes. Check out some plants. Go to the conservatory and breathe in some moist green air, and you'll be so happy. Absolutely. Teresa, always a pleasure. Thanks for all your help, your expertise, and uh, and it's always fun. So let's do this again. Let's do this again. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, Master Gardener Bye-bye. Teresa Rooney. Bye-bye. And uh, she'll be back, of course. Uh, we'll uh, have another show, of course, next week. Speaking of shows coming along next hour, right after our 9 o'clock news break, get those home improvement questions ready for Andy Lindis from Lindis Construction. And quickly, tomorrow morning, I'll be filling in for Susie Jones. We're going to have a sleep doctor on in that 7 o'clock hour. And uh, we're going to talk about uh, your sleep. Maybe you've got uh, sleep apnea like some folks I know. We're going to talk about those issues tomorrow here on 830-WCCO. In the meantime, we have a cloudy sky, 19 degrees here on 830-WCCO. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? then you're going to want to tune in to the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture. Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.